welcome back to season five of That's What She Did podcast. We're dedicated to amplifying the voices of the women leaders, innovators, and rebels you don't already know. We highlight everyday women who are impacting today's social issues, while also centering the voices of women of color. In short, we curate the stories of brilliant women. This season, we're bringing you Women Who Disrupt. Each episode, you're going to hear from an impactful and inspiring woman. Push your thinking, challenge your assumptions, and most importantly, inspire you to find a way to create impact in your corner of the world. I'm Tangia Renee, creator and host of That's What She Did. Thank you for joining me and your fellow inspiration junkies as we learn from and connect with today's brilliant women. Hey friends, you're listening to That's What She Did podcast, and this is your host, Tangie Renee. For episode 10, I want to bring you a sort of special episode. It's a little bit of a departure from our regularly planned programming for season five, which is focusing on women that disrupt. I think this episode is very closely connected to that, but it's a little different. So let me cue it up. Right now, I want to talk to you about From the Margins to the Center, which is a incubator program for women of color, specifically who want to learn how to start and host their own podcast. It's put on in June and July for, by my friends over at House of Pod and Amped, which is in Denver, Colorado. I'll be involved this year as a mentor for the new cohort of women coming through, and I'm excited to be part of it. The program is free to apply and free to participate, and all you got to do is get in an application. It's a massively helpful, massively high value program that is being offered for free to women of color who are selected to be in the program. So think Google or Spotify, how they did these big incubator programs over the last few years and how many people were clamoring to get into them. Well, this is a similar thing, except it's a little bit more local based here in Denver, but you can apply from anywhere. Applications are open now, and they are open until May 8th. So if you want to apply or you know somebody that wants to apply or should apply, you should get on it. Now, I wanted to bring the program director for From the Margins to the Center on the show to talk about why this program is important. And, you know, she has really personal experience with it. She was part of the cohort of the first incubator, which happened last year, and now they've made it bigger and better and they're offering it again. And so I'm excited to introduce this to anybody that isn't aware of it and get it on your radar. Now, remember, the deadline for the applications is coming up a week from today. So you need to get on it. And even if you're not ready to apply, you probably know another woman of color who is. So you should let them know. Share this episode with them. Tell them about the deadline. Tell them to learn about it and tell them to get in gear and get the application in. Super high value, great program with award-winning mentors and producers and education. Do not miss this opportunity. 
Let me introduce you to Rebecca Nunziato. She's the program director for From the Margins to the Center, the incubator program we're talking about today with House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. She's, like I said, a former participant and now running the program. And I just want you to hear everything that we have to say about this great program. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. I'm happy to have you here today. Hi, Tangia. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So we wanted to get you on to talk about From the Margins to the Center, which is the Women of Color podcast incubator program at House of Pod. So Rebecca, you're the program director from for the um, incubator. So why don't you kick us off by telling us about House of Pod? Mm-hmm. Like what is House of Pod for those of us that don't know? And what is the incubator? How is it related to all of this? Yes. So House of Pod exists in kind of three buckets. We're a production company. We create original content and we help other people produce shows. Uh, we are also a community. So we have uh, anywhere from 30 to 50 members recording in our studio, uh, taking classes, experiencing what it means to do podcasting in a community here in Denver. And then our third bucket is AMPT, our nonprofit. And so as a sister organization, AMPT exists to amplify voices of people who have been underrepresented in media, journalism, and podcasting. And that's where the incubator comes into play. Uh, It's really an opportunity for women of color in our community here in Denver to have a chance to learn everything they need to know about podcasting and produce a show. So why women of color specifically? Yeah, well, we realized, um, I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago, Spotify and Google did their women of color uh, podcast incubator. And it was a glo- kind of an uh, international opportunity. And a few different people got selected and created some amazing things from that opportunity. But we thought, you know, this should exist more broadly in general, first of all. <laughs> and um, and you know, of the people listening to podcasts, there's a huge uh, disparity between the people that are listening and people are producing. And generally, we need more voices from people at the margins. People have been uh, historically marginalized and oppressed. Um, but we really wanted to highlight both women and women of color uh, and our voices and stories and give people an opportunity to share their expertise and get behind the microphone, learn how to be mm-hmm. producers. So we started this program last year. I was actually a participant. And um, we're revamping it, making it a little bit better for 2020. And um, we've just seen that there's dozens, hundreds of women in Denver and in Colorado that are ready to do this. Interesting. So, yes, I do remember when Google and Spotify first launched their programs. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they were prepared for how many entries, how many applications they were going to get. Um, I don't know what they thought that they were going to get, but they got in the <laughs> thousands and they've already, I think they've done round two or three at yep. this point and yep. they're still getting applications in the thousands. And I remember that first one was received sort of mixed reviews. Hmm. I mean, there were some things about it that I found problematic and I even applied the first time around. And Did then, you? yeah. Yeah. And I, I learned some lessons from that. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Because one of the things was uh, with that was that they essentially owned your content. Yep. And I was like, why would you, first of all, I didn't realize it when I applied, right? That by just filling out an application, I was giving them a certain level of ownership of what I was creating. Right. Over your idea, your intellectual property, all that stuff. Yeah. And my thinking is, is that if you target a population that is historically marginalized and you say, hey, historically marginalized people, we want to amplify your work Mm -hmm. and we want to create a platform where you can shine. Oh, by the way, we're going to own you. (laughs) Yeah, a little problematic. (laughs) So there was that, right? (laughs) It just seemed like after after I applied and then a week later I thought about it and I said to myself, that was dumb. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, that is not to me what it means to amplify. Amplify, right. 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 And to be fair, I don't know if they've changed anything about the program. I yeah. never applied again. Yep. Um, there was a lot, there was, there was more pushback from people for other reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think like, when you look at these massive platforms yes. that are still doing these incubators and then House of Pod, which is a local but growing entity yep. in small the bit. podcast space, yep. right? Small but mighty. What about that? Did you say well, we're going to do it in a different way? Yeah, there were a few things. Um, and I, I do think a lot of this is this blend of saying, yes, I'm glad that big corporations and small businesses alike are trying to do this work. And also, let's be aware of who are, who's designing these things, what, how they're thinking about these things, and how some of those embedded frameworks can really mess with the good work that we're trying to do and harm people, mm-hmm. really. Um, and so being a participant last year, I had the opportunity to see the very first attempt at House of Pod creating this program. And it was really pivotal for me. I actually left my job after doing that program and came on at House of Pod to try to continue to continue the work and bring more people in. Um, but one thing that uh, both myself and some other women that did the program last year realized was like we started in hot and we we came in, we presented some ideas, and it was kind of instantly like, actually, you need to rethink everything. And we were thrown, you know, thrown off and we were kind of like, oh man, like, I think it's that imposter syndrome that is already so tangible for a lot of us that we're working like, okay, now I do belong here in this fancy studio. I do belong here behind the mic. Like I am, like I deserve the, you know, the sponsorship and, you know, all these opportunities. Like that's already a hard thing for, I think for me and probably for others as well. Um, and so we're trying to kind of get rid of some of the competitive angle of some of these things, even Spotify and Google, they kind of had like a big prize at the end, you know, and a big Mm -hmm. thing where one, one team or one person gets like everything they need and they're on the platform. And I think there's a collective energy that's important to me. Um, that's really more about liberation and community healing than, than kind of this capitalist, um, competitive nature where we're saying, actually, let's be in this together. Let's support each other's work. Let's um, think about this, this program as truly not that you're going to come out at the end of the, the four or six weeks with this shiny product, but like everyone, you're just starting, you know, like that there's mm-hmm. actually a lot of invitation and welcome for the struggle, the uncertainty, 
but we're also going to stack the program with mentors like yourself and teachers um, from across the country that do have really uh, high standards for production and know the ins and outs of uh, in, ins and outs of the industry. So kind of balancing all of those things and holding those things um, together as a way of saying, we're not trying to put you into a trap, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We're not trying to put you into a system where you have to struggle more or you have to um, produce something that's pleasing to uh, to someone who's not you or your own community. Because mm-hmm. we're saying like women of color, like we know what we need to produce and how we need to produce it with what voice for what audience and trying to really give that permission and freedom um, while offering training and education. It's a mm-hmm. tricky, it's a tricky balance. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're essentially an industry person. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a in, <laughs> well, you're in the industry. Now that you're in the industry, what have you noticed about podcasting in general that makes it important to amplify these voices, to engage more women of color in particular in this work? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think for starters, um, it's just the, I think for starters, the intimacy of podcasting mm-hmm. is this idea that you you're following someone, you know, you're following them in their ideas, who they interview, who they quote, uh, they're, they're all there. Paul uh, Corolli at House of Pod says that podcasting is universes within universes because we're connecting to mm. people who are creating their own universe of listeners that then mm. connect to other universe of listeners. And so, you know, you can't have an equitable, just industry if all, if the majority of those uh, universes, so to speak, are majority white and male Mm-hmm. And, you know, fill in the rest of the blanks in terms of these, these communities that have had the microphone, that have had the training, that have had uh, the, the spotlight for so long. And so, to me, the importance of this is that podcasting is a growing industry and it's an intimate industry where you're, mm-hmm. you're so connected with who you're, who you're speaking to and who you're listening to. And um, I struggle to find the people that I resonate with and the people that inspire me in the industry. Because when I scroll through the new and noteworthy, when I go to the top list, I'm not finding the voices of other Latinas or other Chicanas. I don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so I think that access and that ability to be connected um, to people that I want to model my own work after is harder than it should be right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I agree. It it does still feel very hard. Mm-hmm. Um I think the other challenge with that is that podcasting by nature to your point is intimate. Mm-hmm. So the producer is often on their own. I mean the industry is dominated by these huge giants like Spotify and Gimlet and and all of these things, but really most podcasters are independent podcasters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're in their private local studio or they're in their living room or their closet. Like that's when I, right. when I started, right? When I started podcasting, I podcasted from my closet um, because I didn't have a good mic and I needed to yes. <laughs> do what I had to do to get good audio. So I think there's that. I think that it's getting more diverse. For sure. 
but it feels to me like it's going slowly. I mean, does that feel correct? Am I imagining that? No, I hear you. And and that's one of the things that I constantly struggle with. I've worked in nonprofit uh, for the last six years. And that's always one of the things that I'm like, can't we do more? <laughs> like, right. you know, this is a cohort, cohort of eight women. Last year, we had almost 80 applications. And it just feels like, ah, oh, like, I wish we could have everyone like, come on, everyone, let's all make podcasts. And I do. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately the goal. But again, to not say, because we've been excluded, like, let's just toss out the crumbs. Like, it's really like, no, we want to really train people and offer people the opportunity um, to get in there. But it's, I mean, if you think about it, it's a lot of years that we've been pushed to the sidelines. And so I think as, as much as we can do to accelerate the process, the better, but it does feel slow. <laughs> it feels really slow. I mean, we sort of chatted about this, what, a week ago when we mm-hmm. did that, that call about how, you know, on, on this, on this show, we, I like to say we curate the voices of brilliant women. Love it. And we center those voices around women of color because why wouldn't I? <laughs> right? <laughs> that is why really the answer I? to the question. <laughs> That's why the real not? answer. Why wouldn't I? Yes. And, you know, I'm always struck by how often women of color who I follow, like, I don't just ask anybody to be on the show. I'm, right. I'm grateful to get pitched often, mm-hmm. but most pitches don't make it on the show. Um, sometimes I get really great pitches. I'm happy to have those women on. Um, but mostly it's me curating the guests. It's me like really looking hard and being like, this, this woman is cool. She's doing something incredible. Yep. And maybe 85% of the time I ask someone to be on the show and they try to talk me out <laughs> of coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah. Oh, I mean, it, I probably wouldn't. I'm probably not the best person to yes. ask, or like, I'm not really an expert. And I'm like, girl, I've been following you for a year. I think that you're probably an expert. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everything you're doing qualifies you. <laughs> and so I'm always like, okay, what is happening here? I think there's a lot to be said about imposter syndrome, but I also think there's a lot to be said about the internalization of the oppression oh, yeah. that you experience. Yes. Yes. Girl, I honestly, like, this is part of even just getting people to apply, which is why I'm so glad you had me on here because I've been messaging my friends, like reaching out to communities and they're like, well, I mean, I've thought about podcasting, but someone else already did my idea. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, like that is not true (laughs) because you're a unique person and you have a unique voice and perspective and you're here. Like part of the beauty of this program is like, we're in Denver, we're not New York, we're not LA. We have a unique experience as women of color here. We have our own communities and neighborhoods. And I'm saying, people, you should apply, like, at a minimum. <laughs> like, believe in your own idea enough for, like, a 30-minute application, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, don't tell me that somebody already did your idea. Let's talk about how many true crime podcasts there are. Let's Please. just talk about that. <laughs> Please. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. They're, it's yeah. amazing to me that these women are constantly trying to talk me out. Or the other thing that happens is, so for example, this season, season five is the women who disrupt season. And it's all women who are disruptors in their own unique way. And I got some great pitches. And so I was able to get some women on that I had never heard of before. Great. 
And, you know, women that I had reached out to, the majority of them in our pre-production at some point said to me, well, I don't know if like what I do is actually that disruptive. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, no, it is. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't ask you to be here. <laughs> Do you think this podcast thing is easy? It's not easy. Yeah, I'm not just I'm not just doing this because I have so much extra time. Uh, exactly. You need to make like a montage of everyone just apologizing and saying they don't belong. And, oh my god! And we'll be like, look, <laughs> this is just not true. <laughs> and I'm always like, no, I would argue that it's disruptive mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. Yeah. So it was just amazing to me that just the way that society brushes over people and impresses them becomes so internalized that you don't realize that even when somebody is like asking you, like, please come, please share your expertise. Please tell your story that your automatic knee jerk reaction is to be like, Oh no, like that's not me. (laughs) Look, I am guilty though. Like this is, this is a daily challenge and I'm, I am finding out just how deep I've internalized some of the stuff as I'm trying to convince other people mm-hmm. <laughs> that they should also, you know, believe in their ideas and give it a shot. Um, I was in the program last year with seven other women, and there's a pretty good range of life experience, age, uh, topics. There were so many different topics that people were podcasting about, and uh, it was even that was just a gift to be in a room of really strong and wise and genius women of color across different industries. I, I mean, it was just such an amazing experience because I was increasingly aware of like, no, we're badass. Like this is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and learning to hear my own voice behind the mic in the recording, like that was a process that was really liberating for me, you know? Yeah, I think learning to hear your own voice is really important. But there's also this other piece of learning to harness the power of your Mm -hmm. own voice. Is that something that has been for you an outcome of the program? Yeah, I think so. And not in a super typical way, because I didn't end up taking that original idea and turning it into a show. You know, it's been a, a different path for me. A lot of the women in the program have completed an, a, a season or are still rolling on their show. Uh, but for me, it has been finding my voice in terms of speaking out uh, about the importance of women and women of color and uh, highlighting people who are already doing the work, um, already podcasting. I just uh, found the Latina podcasters group on Facebook. It took me too long. But you know, it was just this. And every time I'm there, I'm like, gosh, this is incredible. Why don't people know about this? And mm-hmm. um, there's a Black Podcasting Collective, you know, just like all these different things. And, and, and that's this power that I want to harness both as an audience member, someone who subscribes, someone who listens, like I want to be a part of that. And then also as being someone who's, who's following people, like you kind of said, like I want to follow these people and see how they use their voices and listen to how they do that in interview podcasts and narrative and telling the news and pop culture um, and learning from the people that I want to become, I think. Is mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways to do that. Lots of ways to harness your story. Mm-hmm. Lots of ways to learn to use your voice. Why podcasting? Yes. Why podcasting? I think it's a great question. Um, you know, I think for me, my experience with podcasting has been an awakening uh, because 
Yeah, there's a lot of media that feels like it's very much out of reach for me. You know, I didn't go to journalism school. I didn't learn broadcasting. I'm, you know, not formally a writer. You know, just like all these different ways that you can use your voice that have felt out of reach for me. And podcasting, I think at one point I felt like, wow, that's really cool. I don't think I would, I know how to do that. And so, of course, when this opportunity came up, um, I was brave enough to apply <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, found that by learning this medium, um, I was equipped with something that I can do with just my smartphone. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like there's value to, to the studio. There's value to having the right equipment. But like you said, you can sit in your closet, you can sit in your car, you can record your voice memos. And um, it's, a, it's a medium that feels like it has a democratizing power because mm-hmm. of the ease of creating it, the ease of accessing it, um, and just the fact that we do, I mean, pandemic aside, we have busy lives. We're commuting, mm-hmm. we're running, we're working out, we're cooking. You know, we, like we, a lot of women have found as mothers that they have a lot of time where they just need to listen to someone else's voice and just like be with someone but through podcasting. Mm-hmm. And so for me, yeah, like I've got a few different podcasting apps and a few different cues. And it's good to feel connected to other people when I'm running around like a crazy person or when I'm stuck at home in quarantine, you know, (laughs) (laughs) both of those. (laughs) Yeah. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm cooking. Oh yeah. Like my husband likes to watch TV to decompress and I don't. So I just pop in some earbuds. I cook. I listen to whatever I want to listen to. He does listen to podcasts, but we like totally different podcasts. We do not listen to the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Same with me and my husband. Like it's, he's like over in marketplace land and I'm over here in like all my relations, like indigenous. (laughs) And sometimes we share what we've learned and then, you know, it feels like we're well-rounded people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I love it. So for somebody that's listening to this, it might be learning about the incubator for the first time and is potentially interested. What do you want them to know about it? Yes. I want you to know, first of all, that the application is open until May 8th at midnight Mountain Standards time. Um, and so until May 8th, you can apply online, and it's a pretty simple application. We did include all the questions um, on our webpage, but essentially, we want to know who you are. We want to hear a short podcast pitch. What are you dreaming about creating and why? Um, and then we want you to tell us a short story. Just tell us a story about it could be anything, um, but we just want to hear how, how your voice sounds. We want to hear you starting to, to harness that aspect and send us a um just a little audio file of a story. So that's the application process. I also want you to know that it's free to apply and free to participate. Childcare is included. Um, Again, it's a six week program. We have teachers from across the country and we have mentors like yourself here in Denver, folks that have been doing this and learning things for a while. Um, And what else? I mean, it's just, it's everything you need to know. Uh, So you don't have to have ever created a podcast before. You also could have started one and kind of gotten stuck along the way or want some help uh, really making it better. So it's very friendly for beginners. And um, what else? I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Do they have to be local to Denver to apply? Yes. So that's important. We are prioritizing local uh, applicants. 
because it does come with a annual one-year House of Pod studio membership. Of course, with the stay-at-home orders, we're waiting to see what might happen. Um, but generally speaking, we are wanting folks who are from Denver or able to be in Denver for those sessions if we get to have them live. So um, in person, you know, if we're mm -hmm. able to do that, we would love to, but we know that there's a lot at play. <laughs> right. So Rebecca, what have been some of the barriers to starting a podcast for somebody that has been thinking about one or who has started one has gotten stuck that you all feel that the incubator solves for them mm -hmm. or supports them through? Yep. So a lot of, for a lot of us trying to start a podcast, it's amazing because there is a lot of information online. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that you can find. NPR has a great guide. You know, there's all these things that exist out there. Um, but I do think that there is kind of this two-sided piece to podcasting and it's that you can do it alone. You do listen alone usually, mm -hmm. but it's also, like I said, there's a communal aspect to it because you're speaking to a large audience mm -hmm. and you're drawing from your life as a person in relationship and community. And so I think um, a lot of folks get stuck because something's hard, you know, like you don't know what editing software to use or you don't know um, what, how the RSS feed works and how to get it on all the platforms or how to grow your audience. So each of those little things I think can become a barrier if and when, especially you're working a full-time job or you mm -hmm. have kids or you're trying to just manage life on top of, and maybe even a business on top of podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think those barriers are things that we as a company try to respond to in terms of providing community resources and providing access to other people that have learned through all of these different challenges what some of the best practices might be and mm -hmm. what works and what doesn't work and where the free and cheap resources are for all of the technical aspects of podcasting, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think those are some of the main things. Um, I think you hit different challenges the further you go and you would know this, you know, yeah. after after two seasons when your listeners are knocking down the door saying, Hey, we want more, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like those are different challenges, but I think getting started, there's, there's definitely that learning curve and we want to be a part of helping people, especially those that have been marginalized and don't have access to those resources as easily. Mm -hmm. So for somebody that would love to participate, but can't be mm -hmm. in Denver, can't get to Denver for the time of the program, yeah. House of Pot is doing some other programming that yes. might help, right? So what is that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a few things that we're up to these days, and we're always um, trying to create more classroom opportunities, especially online right now. Um, we love our monthly Women Identified Podcaster Happy Hour, which you were a part of this last month. Mm -hmm. And basically for those events, um, usually on the second Wednesday of the month, we are inviting a podcaster uh, to come and share about her experience. And it's a great time of learning, asking questions. Again, uh, we had someone on our last call who was thinking about starting one and was feeling really nervous. And so we had space to kind of say, all right, here's how you get started and just encourage one another to keep going. Um, other events we have, we usually try to get some good training classes on um, Adobe Edition and other editing platforms. Uh, we have a podcast book club and we have a few fun May events that'll include interviewing skills and storytelling. And so all of those things can be found if you follow House of Pod on social media. 
Wonderful. So once again, Rebecca, what is the deadline for the application and where do people find it? Yes. So the deadline is Friday, May 8th at midnight Mountain Standard Time. And you can find it with weareamped.co. So that's going to be the nonprofit that works with House of Pod, Amped. And you can also just look up Women of Color Podcast Incubator in Denver, and usually we're the one to pop up. (laughs) I believe we're Colorado's (laughs) only incubator for women of color. So it shouldn't be too hard to find us. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't heard of any others. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that there are many outside of those bigger ones. I mean, do you guys know of any other ones? Well, you know, honestly, I don't think there's very many free podcast training programs in general that are Mm -hmm. so in-depth for anyone, let alone for women of color. And um, besides those big ones, there's nothing that has come across my desk, nothing I've seen that's happening out there. Um, There's a lot of ways to pay a lot of money for podcast training. (laughs) Yes. This is unique in that sense. Yeah, that always blows my mind. I see some of these these, uh, training programs on the internet. And I'm like, really? 1500 bucks, two uh-huh. grand, five grand. Yep. I'm like, yep. oh, I started this podcast for like $30. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is what we need to hear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We there. Yeah. There are too many people with all the resources making podcasts. So we've mm-hmm. got to make it more accessible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, folks. So by the time this episode airs, you will have exactly eight days to complete your application. So if you're a woman of color and you can be in Denver for the program, apply. Yes. If you think there's any possibility you can be in Denver for the program, apply. Yes. Yes. (laughs) If you really want... Pitching your show and you need to believe in yourself, apply. (laughs) Just apply. Just apply. And you can cross that bridge when you come to it if you get accepted into the program. So... Thanks for joining us today, Rebecca. Um, We're going to direct everybody in the show links to the application program so that they can find it easy peasy like we like to do. Any last words for the listeners? Anything you want to know? Anything we left out? I think we got it, though. I think we covered it. I think we got it all. I feel like we covered it all and then some. (laughs) Good, good, good. So apply. And you should also really share this episode with anybody, any women of color that you think might want to apply Or we all know three women where you're like, she has a great story. She has great ideas. She should do this. You should send this episode to them and tell them to give it a listen and give it an apply. Maybe it's not right for you, but you can amplify the voices of somebody else you know for this program. So make it happen. You know, I have one last thing. What's up? I think my boss would be mad if I didn't say this. Okay. Kat, I know you're listening. You can also support the program. If you're out there and you've got some dollars flying around, (laughs) that stimulus check came in and you're Mm -hmm. like, whatever will I do with this? You can support a woman of color creating her show. So we, we accept donations through Patreon and you could help basically sponsor a show, get some women started with equipment, especially if our studio remains closed. There's a lot of ways that you can amplify other's voices. So If this doesn't apply to you, that's a great way to give back. Absolutely. Glad you mentioned that. All right, folks, you know, head to the show notes so that you can apply and make sure you share this episode with at least three other women that can apply for this or three people that can support this program. Sharing is caring. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. It. Until next time, folks, we out. Bye. Bye.